This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Post Pod Sift Poil. Sift Poil? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. nope. It's the Sift Spoil, is what it is. We're going to go over the hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, and post credit sequences. They all die. For Bo is afraid. Who knows if they all die because I have no idea who's alive and who's not. Um, <laughs> Andrew, let me just start there. What is, your, what is your version of what's happening? Did his mom really die? No. Uh,. I don't think she was ever there to begin with. You think she's think, been dead a long time? No, I don't think that she's there at all. I mean, if she's, what I'm trying to say is, I don't know is if she's alive or dead, but act, this is. Is he going on she, any actual journey? No. Is he trying to get to his mom's house? I mean. In real like, life? No. I think what this movie is, for me anyway, is this is all a metaphorical journey to him trying to find a cure to his ailment. His mom is the catalyst. He knows that she, maybe something, you know, happened to him in his childhood. They kind of go into it. But he knows that whatever is going on with him mentally, that it's obviously it's you can't totally blame someone for mental illness. I don't want that to come across. But he knows that there are issues that are unresolved with his mother. And he is kind of looking for excuses for the entire movie. Uh to uh, feel something other than uh, contempt for her. And he starts to feel guilty because of, of her apparent death. So this whole movie is him like trying to find different ways to cope with that grief, whether it be, you know, with the Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan, you know, constantly finding uh, uh, different medications to help. And then, you know, then there's the segment where he's, uh, I forget the name of his, uh, well, while you're looking for it, therapist. I just, I, Nathan Lane is so distinctly Timon in my mind that it's so funny to me when he's in a movie because I just hear Timon, like Timon, like Timon was the character. Really? Um, yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> it's one of those weird things. Yeah. yeah. I love Nathan Lane, by the way. I think he's great. Oh yeah. He's great. Um, uh, but then you also have the Stephen Kinley character who is, you know, helping him with, uh, you know, therapy, he's just, he's like reaching out to different things. And then the new age play. But, but how do we know he's actually going to therapy? How do we know he's actually trying drugs? How do okay, we know? I, I will just say, that, okay, then, yeah, that's a fair point. That is a 100% fair point. With this, this is an unreli unreliable narrator. So Correct. we can't trust that anything in this movie is either happening or isn't happening in the right. real world. But I don't right. think we're supposed to care about that because right. is it real to him 
The problem is if we're not supposed to care, the movie does many things in it to make us care about potential resolutions that it has no interest in actually, you know, addressing, right? It, it, it want, we, what is supposed to drive us through these three hours, I, I believe if I'm at least as I'm seeing it or interpreting it mm-hmm. is, you know, the resolution of what's going to happen with his mom. Is he going to, is his mom going to be able to, is he going to be able to find some peace with his mom? Is he going to be able to when he gets there is she actually going to be alive is she actually going to be dead is and how is he going to be able to you know uh interact with that or respond to that and so the movie is saying in sometimes care about this because i want you to care about watching the next scene so care about this and then at the same time by the end is like no no no, just kidding i didn't really need you to care about anything it's all a made-up nightmare um, I think where this movie transitions into the area where you don't like it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. sure. is either during or right after the sex scene at the end. Is that when it, it starts to lose you? No, I, as I said, it lost me during the play in in the forest. By, oh, by, so by the sex scene, I was just like, you know, um, I, I, I was... I had thrown my hands up enough that I wasn't trying to necessarily gotcha. place reality anymore. I was just like, okay, fine. There, there is no reality. Um, I, I will either figure out something this might represent or I won't, or maybe it doesn't represent anything. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was just a lot of frustration after that. Just going, I, I would love to know what you're trying to tell me, but I cannot piece it together. That, that sex scene, especially right after the sex scene and mm-hmm. everything that leads or that leads after that, was probably the most powerful moment in the movie for me. I know for a lot of people, it's either going to be the play or, you know, his apartment being raided by all the people. And you can, me, was, can you tell me why? Yes, because so many times throughout my life, I found myself searching for the cure to the end-all be-all and my mental illness. Mm -hmm. And throughout this entire movie, we see Bo looking at sexuality and him being sexually active is the thing that terrifies him to death. He thinks it'll kill him, you know? So that's kind of like how... Which I understood as being another part of the the mommy issues, right? Like the the idea that his mom... Because his dad, she hated his dad... She basically made men monsters, which is represented by, you know, the the phallic kaiju. Uh, and, <laughs> what and, a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> is represented by that and also by her telling him that he, if he were ever to actually have sex and have an orgasm and ejaculate into a woman, that he would die. Would die, yeah. And... and- yeah, and that's dominated his understanding of what relationships are. Yeah, so whenever I was watching that scene, it reminded me of like going throughout my entire life of like if I could just come uh, if I could uh, overcome this one thing, mm-hmm. then I know everything's going to be better. If I just this one hurdle that is like poking me and just prodding me and is keeping me down, if I can surpass the obstacles that is placed before me, then I'll be okay. And that's kind of like what that sex scene was. Like, he's scared, and then afterwards, there's a moment of euphoria. Like, I did it. But what's it mean that she dies? What Like, what is that supposed to tell us? Yes, because every single time you feel like you overcome something, and you're like, oh, I finally did it. This is, you know, that's behind me. Oh, wait, I still feel bad. 
Why can't I fix it? And mm-hmm. that's what the ending of this movie is for me. It is a sudden and horrifying, what would you call it? Uh, a descent into madness because mm-hmm. the one thing that he's been scared of his entire life turns out it was nothing to be afraid of at all. Great. I still have mental illness just because I took care of one thing mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there's a switch. And that's what that, uh, that's what it represented to me. Like, Oh, just because this is uh, this part of your life that you're afraid of is over. It doesn't mean you're Okay. He's not okay. And that was so real and painful for me that it just broke me. Yeah. And and like I said, like I think that perspective is valid and I'm I'm glad that that's helpful for you and something that uh that um is meaningful if nothing else to to you as you watch a movie like this. I just, you know, for me, I'm I'm grasping at straws trying to, you know, figure out how to relate to it. Oh, I can't even imagine how either confusing or just non-accessible this movie must seem Mm -hmm. to somebody who either doesn't struggle with mental illness or just, or doesn't know anybody who doesn't and is trying to, you know, uh, understand a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you're going into this, just expecting a movie that a general audience could understand. Okay. I'll say this then maybe because you, you seem to like, Hereditary and Midsommar especially more than I do. You like Hereditary more than I do because I just hate that movie. And I don't <laughs> and think I don't you really hate like Hereditary. Think, so, but I don't think you hate it. Right. I don't think you hate it like I do. No. But Midsommar, you can you can find something in there. And I think that Ari Aster's career is going to be chock full of movies that you are either going to get because it was made for you or you are not and you just have to wait for that one movie of his that really speaks to you but andrew i don't have in my life an example of when i have been in a passive aggressive abusive relationship like i don't have that like that is not something i have experienced the way that that character does in midsummer right okay and the the themes in the you know all that stuff of Midsummer. A lot of them are about escaping this idea of um, well. And in fact, some of those themes are similar to uh, Bo is Afraid in my mind, like escaping the the pressures and um, the seeming responsibilities you have to other people's choices, right? And yeah. that is that is what um, Florence Pugh's character is dealing with in a literal sense in the reality of the plot. It is also what the movie deals with in a metaphorical sense when it uses the cult to symbolize different ways that impacts somebody's life, right? Like it's doing both things and I'm unable to connect to it and learn from it and go, okay, yeah, that's a great example of what it must be to, you know, be that person. The reason I don't think Bo is Afraid is working that way for me is because I cannot find my footing. I can't, like, I can't, I don't understand who Bo really is. And, you know, Neither because. Does he. <laughs> well, yeah, no, again, not, right, that wasn't like, a joke. He knows that he, he doesn't know who no, he no, is. no, I know. And that's, <laughs> and that's intentional. And, and again, it doesn't make it a wrong choice for him to do the movie this way. Clearly, it works for you, and that's worth it. Like, I just, you know, for me, it makes a a, a difficult movie-going experience. Um, totally. To, to try to process that in any way that I can find my way into. Yeah. Um, 
I just, I, I go out. Yeah, I get it. He went through a lot of tunnels. I get it. They're vaginas. I understand, like, the, <laughs> the symbolism of what's oh, going so many on vaginas. Here. <laughs> Gosh. I get it. His his knife wound, he doesn't want to, you know, seal it up because it's kind of, you know, yeah. yonic looking. Um, so, like, I, I understand the symbolism and the metaphor that he's going for. I just don't think he places it for me in a context that allows me to uh understand the point that he's making um so you bring up the you know maternal like what what would you call that like the mommy issues stuff like yeah. that you know you bring yeah. up that and i'm thinking now that i, I think i mean it's mother that, dearest it's the symbolic oh, metaphorical version of mother dearest exactly um, yeah but it's uh, i think the what reason why he did that now that i'm looking back at all of uh his movies like Hereditary and Midsommar, uh, they all have themes of mental illness in them. But sure. I think that they're all very different. And I think that in each of his movies, he's kind of, you know, hitting on different elements of like what, you know, people struggle with. And I think this movie here in particular, yeah, it's dealing with uh, uh, bipolar disorder, anxiety, depression, uh, gorophobia, stuff like that. It's dealing with all of those. But I think at the heart of it, I think this is a paternal issue movie, and it's supposed to be about people who you know deal with uh, paternal issues and stuff like that. And it's, it's like a, a a mirror on people, like, mm-hmm. and it's not a mirror for them, I guess. So it's not a mirror at all. <laughs> so the final scene um, is the we'll just call it the Coliseum, the Coliseum, S E A, Coliseum. <laughs> Um, Where he's on and- trial with Richard Kind. <laughs> Richard Kind is that's great. Uh, and it's very clear what's happening here. We're inside his head, and he is being he is prosecuting himself yeah. for his crimes. And he he cannot the voices of his mother and his own self doubt and self hatred are so much louder than any defense that he can yell or state and eventually drown that out uh, with its own speaking of midsummer at a stupa uh, that, that they pull with the, uh, the, um, the defense attorney. Yeah. And eventually he, at least he went, at least he went down head first as opposed to the guy in midsummer. (laughs) Fair. Yes. Yeah, definitely. No mallets needed. Yeah. Um, He explodes, uh, disintegrates, turns the boat over is he still under that boat is he drowning oh yeah the boat does 180 and it's upside down now and he's drowning. okay and he's drowning yeah okay because remember his feet are stuck to the bottom of the boat and while he is drowning uh and i actually have a lot of respect for this ending while he is drowning the crowd starts filing out and uh the crowd of the the movie starts filing out credits start coming up never cuts away and just the rest of the credits is people filing out of the Coliseum until you are left going, wait, is it our turn to file out? Like, you you know, you start to compare yeah. yourself to the audience watching and it's like, what did they get out of this? What do I get out of this? Um, and I don't have those answers, Andrew. I don't know what he wants to leave us with. And I've said many times before, I think the the final scene often for directors is the most important scene yeah. because it's what they want to leave you with. What is he leaving us with, Andrew? And what do you think it means? And what did it mean to you? Well, like I said earlier, I may have said it in the podcast proper, but uh, what reason why I was like so glued to my chair during the whole credit sequence is I had hope because 
I've been in that situation before where I have, uh, you know, beat myself up and put myself on trial for things I did 15, 20, 25 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. and I've just, you know, and I feel like I'm drowning in, it's a great metaphor. It's a beautiful, it's very on the nose, but it's on the nose and it works. Um, so when that boat flips over the entire time for me, I'm going, okay, is he going to, cause I still have hope for him that he's going to get out of there and he's going to, you know, uh, climb to shore and he's going to be able to make it for me. This is, it's kind of sad. It's painful to say, but I think that this movie is ends with him killing himself. I think that's how this movie ends. And, okay. and what does that mean? It's just so freaking sad. Okay. Because so like he's, you, oh yeah, go ahead. That's, that's the, that is the intent that you believe is there is for us to feel sadness. Yeah. The, uh, it, it became too much for him and he, uh, he, 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 he succumbed to it and it was just, okay. Yeah. All right. That's how so, it affected me. And that's why okay. at the end I'm like, Please, that's why I'm like, hope is like, don't, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me because I didn't want that to be his fate because in my head, that's immediately where I went to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's certainly the, the, uh, the impact of that final scene, there's nothing uplifting about it. Like, that's fair to say across the board. I don't think no matter, no matter how, how you, you interpret, no matter how you interpret it, I don't think <laughs> it's meant to be uplifting. And I did I hear to- the guy next to you as, as the movie ended. He just goes, "Yay, <laughs> good for you, Bo." Um. So it was it was a very interesting movie going experience. Uh, had interesting stuff re- responses to stuff on both sides of me, uh, which was yeah. was, was interesting. Um, but, uh, and I don't know, I just, I, it's hard for me to vibe with that because I don't, I don't know what the intent there is other than to communicate something that's, that the artist is feeling strongly and then just let the audience deal with it however they want to. I understand that's possible. I just don't vibe with that intent. And so that's, you know, um, for me, I would have liked the movie to have ended, and I, it's not my movie. I'm not trying to claim the movie as my own. I am I'm curious. Just saying, I'm just saying there is an ending that I like a little bit better, which is when he comes out of the tunnel and he's in the starry night, the movie just ends. And the idea being that in many ways uh, it is a second birth for him. You know, like he has dealt with the demon of his mother's betrayal and the things that his mother has put inside his head and he has come through a, you know, he's been born again into this uh, new world where he now has to figure out how to get out of this ocean and how to still, you know, manage. But he is no longer haunted by that part of his psyche. Like that that, that uh, therapy or medicinal or whatever, it can help and it can help you make progress. And there is a way, even if it's not a cure that that stuff can um, provide hope and provide, you know, uh, things in regard. And this movie seems comfortable to say, yeah, I'm not, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. If, if I am interpreting the ending of this movie correctly, if I am, mm-hmm. then uh, yeah, I, it's sad. It, it's obviously very sad, but at the same time, I have to respect a director's willingness to show 
and this is going to sound weird for a movie like this, the reality of some circumstances and that sometimes they don't always work out. And I know you're not saying that it has to be a happy ending. I know that's not. No, I wouldn't even found that to be a happy ending. I would have found it to at least have a glimmer of hope to it that I would have been able to hold on to. Exactly. And I think that this is a movie to where it's not, maybe this movie is just so personal and it's so about Bo and not like the ending of this movie is pure man now that you brought that up i don't know because it's through the entire movie he is very clear that there there is no hope right like there there in in until there is a moment where he was going to say there was hope there was no hope and the fact that he made the therapist a villain that's a choice you know like it's it's a choice to be like you know, to to close on the idea that trust that issues, the yeah, the trust issues. And again, if it's all happening in this guy's head, here's the issue. Andrew, and this is why I go back to this. Here's the issue for me. If it's all happening in Bo's he- head and it's all every last second of it, unreliable narrator and that that's that's the point, then I don't know if I'm supposed to be hopeless or hopeful. Like, I don't know because it's possible he had a great therapist who was doing, you know, great work, but it just wasn't clicking with Bo. And so we're in Bo's head and in his head, the therapist, because he's paranoid, is a villain and, you know, whatever. But the movie doesn't even give me a chance to hold on to that. And again, I know that's probably intentional because it just wants to sink us into the hopelessness of what it's like to exist in this mind space. I get that. It just makes it more difficult for me to interpret or understand or uh, vibe with. 100%. Totally get that. If you don't have an automatic in for this movie, I can't even imagine how -hmm. how you stayed into it as long as you did with to the... uh, (laughs) Well, it's my job. (laughs) Uh, no, that's not what I meant. But like you said, you threw your hands up when you, when we when you kind of got to the uh, the play in the woods, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I think if I hadn't didn't have this immediate you know personal connection to it, I probably would have thrown my hands up like I did with every other Ari Aster movie. Just like ah, here we go. All right, I guess I'm gonna sit through this one. It's only my end. It's only in my personal end. I can see every single negative you have, mm-hmm. and I think that they're all completely valid. I just like. But I, but I get it. And that's all it is. That's all this movie is. I get it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Well, there you go. There's some uh, spoilers for Bo is Afraid. Yeah. So um, unless you have anything else, did you have anything else you wanted to make I'm trying to think. Uh, like, There's so many weird set pieces, you know, like uh, when you go to Nathan Lane's house, uh, it's just a weird tonal shift. But mm-hmm. that's, that's whole, this whole movie is a whole bunch of tonal shifts. So yeah, the why, thing- why? What? Like what? Uh, why? Why does the girl drink paint? What? Like why is that important to Bo's story? Why is he processing that in that way? What, who? Who is that in reality? And what does it mean to him? What does it represent to him if it's not somebody in reality? I just it's so uh, like I I just don't know how to there and there's so many instances of those kind of things that I just don't know how to wrap my head around them. I think that she's the internet. I think she's the internet and that the toxicity that you see online, you know, of like hate speech and everything like that being yelled at by somebody you don't know in an all reality, they're probably a kid on the other end of that keyboard. But what they make you feel is real and uh, scary. Uh, The anonymity behind it all, even though we know her name, but her and her friend, you know, capturing his, 
you know, footage and everything to, to hold him ransom. And then mm. at the end, they it's all about making him feel guilty for something he didn't do, which is what the yeah. internet does. All right. Well, there you go. Bo is afraid. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, this yeah. has been, a, uh, I think, a really great uh, sip spoil. So thank you, Andrew, for your vulnerability and uh, appreciate you know your, your thoughts and perspective. Uh, it means a lot to me. So thank you for being open about that stuff. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. We will catch you on the next time we need to ruin something for you. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.